Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. It's often a tradition on Father's Day for pastors to get up and bash the men. I'm sorry, guys, that's not going to happen today. You can relax. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews. And as heavy and as weighty as the past two times I've preached have been on sex and on money, today feels heavier and weightier as we're talking about keeping the gospel of Jesus center and having a group of leaders in the church keep him center as well. And to that end, I want to pray. Lord, we get distracted by a lot of things. And at times we get bored by just enjoying you. And so we veer off. And I just ask, Lord, that you would show us this morning through your word that Jesus is all we need. Help us as a church to keep Jesus front and center. And we pray to this end. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you may be here looking for a church. Uh, you're maybe church shopping. For those of you, one day will leave the village and you will go and look for a church that you want to be part of. Let me encourage you to find a church that centers itself on Jesus. And to find leadership that center themselves on Jesus. Because if you're not careful, what you'll have is you'll have churches that take Jesus and they add a lot of stuff to them. For example, if you choose a church that focuses just on social justice while Jesus is out here, then you're going to have a lot of issues. If you choose a church that has you moving from ritual to ritual to ritual while Jesus is buried underneath all the rituals, you're going to miss the point. If you choose a church where the gospel of Jesus, they say it's at the center, but they say don't drink, don't smoke, don't watch radar movies, vote for a certain candidate, and it's all about that, you're going to miss the point. And if you choose a church that says it's all about Jesus, and yet when you go there, they're just telling you how to have a happy life, a prosperous life, handle your money well, have a great marriage, all good things, right? But if it's not all about Jesus, it misses the point. That's what's going on in Hebrews. Rather than saying Jesus is the point, this church in Hebrews for the last nine months we've been looking at this has been veering off and considering going back to Judaism. Not abandoning Jesus altogether. They're saying, no, no, let's take Jesus and let's combine him with our rituals. And the author's saying, if you do that, you'll be lost. Not only in this life, but the next. That's where we're going today. Let's look at Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 is packed full of exhortations, closing out the book. We'll finish it today and then close it up next week. And then we'll start the book of Job in July. 
Today we're going to study um, that Jesus is the center and leaders that keep Jesus at the center. I hope you're ready for this. Let's dive in. It's going to be deep. Start in verse 7. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. The leaders who spoke the word of God brought the gospel to the Hebrews and taught them in the truth. These men preach the authoritative gospel of Jesus. They probably have passed on by now, but nevertheless, the Hebrews were to remember them and to reflect upon the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. Now, this is scary for any pastor on the planet or any elder in a church, is that we are to set as fallible human beings, set the standard, and we are to say to you, imitate us as we imitate Christ. Not only imitate us in our actions, but also imitate us in holding to sound doctrine. And our church, the pastors and the elders are one. We have elders who lead this church. And there is a certain question that we ask all the elders. And it goes something like this. If the people of VBC followed your example in pursuing God, working at your job, and leading your family, would the majority of them benefit from doing so? Whew. That's a big responsibility. You feel that? The heaviness? We're saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate the elders as they imitate Christ in their life and their doctrine. That's why elders must watch their life and their doctrine closely. Keep going. Verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, why is this statement about Jesus here with regard to remembering past leaders? It's because leaders have their focus on Jesus, and Jesus is the content of the gospel that is being proclaimed, and Jesus is the point of the leader's life. Because we're talking about Jesus, his life, perfect and everything that he did and taught, his atoning death on the cross, his burial, glorious resurrection, ascension to the right hand of the Father, coming back one day that we as leaders are to make everything about Jesus. Same yesterday, brought salvation, brings salvation today, and will bring salvation in the future. Jesus is the point of our message, which means that leaders are replaceable. I'm not essential for the thriving of this church because I can go out here and die on the pickleball court, get hit on my bike, and be replaceable. But the gospel is not replaceable. Next man up to preach the gospel because the message will stay the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why is he bringing this up? What, what's the big deal here? All right, now this is, this is where we get into the meat of it. Why is he bringing this up? Well, he's bringing it up because some of the church are veering off. Look at verse 9. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. What? Well, see, here's the deal. 
there's this strange teaching in the church that somehow the Old Testament rituals, partaking of those foods would give you grace and strength. So it's okay to have Jesus, but you also need these Old Testament rituals to bring you grace and strength through the food that is offered and the food that is consumed. And the author is saying, you don't need food, you need grace. Look again in verse 9. He says, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by food. The food was of no value to them. But grace certainly was there for their spiritual strengthening. God's grace rooted in the unchangeable one, Jesus Christ, strengthens you. So when you fall upon hard times, you don't need to turn back to the rituals of Judaism. You need to turn to Jesus Christ because the rituals and the food associated will not help you and bring you grace. Now, when we're going through some hard times, sometimes we want tips and tricks to get out of our hard time. We want to take Jesus and we say, yeah, Jesus is good and everything. And it's good to turn to him, sure, but give me something else. Give me Jesus plus. And that's what we're going to see here in a moment. People want Jesus plus something else. It's going to go deep, so buckle up. Verse 10. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. Okay, two images, all right? Hold on here. Two images about sacrifice. So the last half of the verse is talking about the tabernacle, all right? The priests, the system, the sacrifices. The Hebrews may think that if they can eat these foods, they will be strengthened. And yet it says in verse 10, we have an altar. And the imagery here to altar probably refers to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Through Jesus' death on the cross, we receive grace that strengthens us and gives us eternal life. So those who are saying, okay, we want Jesus plus we want these foods from these sacrifices. And he's saying, no, if you do anything that's Jesus plus, you lose Jesus. Because the sacrifice of Jesus is sufficient to save you and his life and death and resurrection is sufficient to sustain you. You don't need Jesus plus. I think there is always going to be pressure within the church to turn away from the main point. They're facing it here in Hebrews where they want to turn to ritual. Jesus plus ritual. And in our day and time, it takes on a variety of forms. We could have Jesus plus social justice. That we need to somehow gather together and be all about social justice. Jesus can be over here, but we're going to be about fighting racism, fighting abortion, fighting injustices. All great things to be fighting against. But sometimes you wonder... Are we just showing up to church to organize as social justice warriors? No, no, that's not the point. That's not the point. Some churches you can go to, that's all they talk about. And yet Jesus plus social justice, and yet Jesus is lost. Another way that Jesus can be lost is that it can be Jesus plus 
politics. You show up to church, it's all about politics. And that going to church is about organizing to fight culture wars. And if you're a Christian, you'll line up here. Here's the culture war you'll fight. Not saying that politics is bad at all. But when it's Jesus plus politics to be about the church, then that's off. And one of the big ways that we can see in our culture is Jesus plus blessings. We go to church to get the blessings. We'll have money classes. We'll have classes for your marriage, classes to have better kids and to raise your kids so that we're all happy. None of those are bad, but if it's Jesus plus blessings and prosperity, then we're missing the point of the gospel. So I'm trying to tell you this. It's not Jesus plus rituals. It's not Jesus plus social justice. It's not Jesus plus politics. It's not Jesus plus prosperity. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Are you with me? Jesus plus nothing equals everything. If you add anything to Jesus, you're veering off from the gospel and focusing on other things that do not bring grace and truth. Continue on. Continue on. Verse 11. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. All right. Okay. They bring sacrifices in the tabernacle to the altar, the temple, drain the blood, and the animals are sacrificed outside the camp, outside the city. That's the system. Verse 12. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So the bodies of the animals were burned and destroyed outside the walls of Jerusalem. In a similar way, Jesus suffered and was killed outside the city gates. But through this system of Jesus and his sacrifice on the altar, People are made holy. They are forgiven. So were the Hebrews going to trust in Jesus or trust in a Jewish system? Because only Jesus forgives. And that's why he's saying Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Verse 13. So let us go out to him outside the camp bearing his reproach. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. This seems to be a clear call to the Hebrews to leave Judaism altogether, to forsake that system of ritual and to be all in for Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That it's only through Jesus is their forgiveness. Only through Jesus is their grace and mercy. Only through Jesus is help in the time of need. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And and they may say, yeah, but we've spent our whole lives in Judaism. We go from one festival to the next festival, from one sacrifice to the next sacrifice. And the author is saying, okay, you still want to bring sacrifices? Let me give you some of those. Verse 15. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. (laughs) So rather than going from ritual to ritual to ritual to ritual, he said, just praise the Lord. Offer up a sacrifice of praise. He's pleased with that. 
And you say, well, I want to do more. Okay, why don't you share with others and do good? God is pleased with that. You see what he's saying? He's saying, make this cut decisive from Judaism, where it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and you can still give him praise and glory and honor, and that will be your sacrifice on a daily basis. All right, we talked about leaders. We talked about keeping Jesus the main thing, and now he's back to leaders. Let's pick it back up. Verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Hey, obey me. (laughs) I mean, we preach through books of the Bible. Don't think I'm just picking a passage and saying, guess what? Now's the day. We have elders in our church that you're called to submit to and obey because they keep watch over you. William Lane has said that the elders have this ministry of vigilance. You may think that elder meetings are just some business guys getting together, talking about the business and the numbers of the church and then being done. But if you could peek inside these meetings, you would see that we're also talking about doctrine. We're talking about people caring for souls, shepherding you. We also talk about heresy and when things are going deviant, that there is this role that we have as elders to protect you, this ministry of vigilance. And in turn, it says that you are to obey and submit to the authority of the elders of the church. And it doesn't say obey and submit to them as long as they do everything that keeps you happy. It doesn't say obey and submit to them as long as they focus completely on your program or your pet project. It says to obey and submit to your elders for they keep watch over you. And you may think, well, that's so easy for you guys. You get to lead and we have to obey you. But I want you to notice, this is scary for me. Verse 17, right there it says, for they keep watch over your souls of those who will give an account. The elders of this church are accountable to God now and in the future on how they shepherd you. Did you know... The Bible says that those who teach will be judged more strictly. And I I struggle with this because sometimes I fear men, right? I know when something truthful needs to be said and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can say that to them. And yet the word of God is saying, I will give an account for the way that I shepherd you, which means I should fear God more than I fear you. And that's what we try to say among the elders. We fear God more than we fear people. Therefore, we speak truth and we do it in love. And in turn, it says that the people in the church can make the leader's job joyful or not. Look at the end of verse 17. It says, let them do this with joy and not with grief, 
for this would be unprofitable for you. So it's no advantage for the Hebrews to have their leaders who are just burdened by the disobedience of their congregation. Now, believe it or not, there are people by their complaints and attitudes and gossip can make the job of the leader a burden. And the word burden here or grief means to groan. And every church has its habitual gripers and complainers who rarely say anything encouraging and are always complaining about something. And they make the work of a pastor and elders a burden and cause groaning. Someone has referred to them as ducks. They just keep quacking and quacking and quacking and stirring things up. And if that continues, then the leaders need to go duck hunting. (laughs) So stop your quacking. On the other hand, there are people who make this ministry so much joy. You're so, I mean, this church is so encouraging. People pray for us. They come up to us and say, I know that was a hard decision, but good job. We love you. We're for you. And that makes the ministry joy. Finish up verse 18 and 19. Pray for us for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you all the more to do this so that I may restore to you sooner. And I just want to, end here by talking to the elders of this church. Elders are not sinless. We make foolish choices. But it says we want to have a clear conscience. You see that? We want to have a clear conscience. For we are sure that we have a good conscience to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. It means that the elders here are not perfect, but we want to be repentant We don't want to have some secret life of sin and sexual morality, a secret life of sin with some type of corrupt financial dealings. I mean, you see plenty of that in the media. You see plenty of that on social media for sure of pastors falling one after another after another, corruption upon corruption upon corruption whether it's the sexual abuse scandal, sexual morality, financial, you see things in the news all the time. And that means the elders, including me, we need to be examining ourselves and watching our life and our doctrine closely. And we want to make sure that we are keeping Jesus Christ as the center of the church, where it is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And I want to tell you, it is a joy to labor with the elders in this church. Since I've been here, I've been with different elders, and it has been a joy side by side to labor with them. And I want you to know that your elders do stuff. They do stuff. They they visit you. They pray for you. They care for you. They make hard decisions and they love you. And I want to acknowledge who the elders are right now this morning so that we as a church 
can pray for them. So I'm going to ask the elders right now, if you wouldn't mind standing up, including uh, Pastor Jim and Pastor LeVan. So elders, wherever you are, please stand up. So we have um, Tom Weiss in the back, Byron Smith, Kurt Daigle, Steve Masters, Jim McCann, Dale Kastner, who's not here, and LeVan and Pastor Jim. These are the ones who are accountable to God for you. They're not perfect. They are here to care and love for you. And in turn, let me encourage you to pray for them and encourage them and build them up with your words. So you guys keep standing and let's all go to the Lord right now in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much that you've established this church many years ago centered on Jesus. You've made it all about Jesus. And we are fallen men who are here in 2022 who are trying to carry on that legacy of Jesus. And I pray right now for Tom and Byron and Kurt and Steve and Jim and Dale and LeVan and Jim Neon and myself. Lord, help us to watch our life and doctrine closely. Show us what it means to resist the devil and he will flee from us. Show us what it means to shepherd and watch over the church as those who must give an account. And Lord, I ask that you would make us willing and desiring to do this as your word says. And Lord, help us and enable us to do it with joy and not with grief. And may our brothers and sisters continue to surround us and encourage us and build us up so we can make everything, everything about Jesus Christ. And it's his name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.